new sponsor, Crazy Joe's Print and Pay. Are you short on cash? Looking for some extra money for the holidays? Call Crazy Joe's Print and Pay. Crazy Joe's not just printing money anymore. Nothing is what it seems with Crazy Joe, but the money is green just the same. We're not keeping this all to ourselves, though. You, too, can use a state-of-the-art 3D printer to make lifelike, believable, full-scale models of Xboxes, Playstations, compact 9mm, and once we get the lenses figured out, you can print a meta-oculus. Wake up feeling dangerous? We can print 3D crack rocks. Over 200 thousand sold. To start printing money of your own, go to ukrainepays.com and enter code CORNPOP at checkout. That's CORNPOP, all one word. Crazy Joe's is not liable for any personal repercussions or selling fake merchandise. Crazy Joe's is an equal opportunity grift. This is Patriot Sports Radio. Patriot Sports Radio. Fed up with the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media. If it's sports, from the high school level to the pros, we're talking about it. Like the red-blooded Americans we are. God bless America. God bless America. God bless America. Let's do this. Here's Eric, John, Chris, and the coach. Welcome back, my friends. If you're new, then welcome in Patriot Sports Radio. My name is Eric. I am your host. Glad to have you with us. And thank you for those reviews. They help a ton to get our name out there in front of folks like this one from Anna P. Combs, who said, and I quote, the best. See, that's all we need. And the algorithm is once again satisfied and they'll move us up another notch. It's a beautiful October evening here in the Midwest. We've got Chris here powering through, running the show. Angela is here as well, but not only that, and Coach will be here in a minute, whenever he gets here. Not only that, we have company from Armchair Athletics, the guys behind the revolutionary new fantasy football reality show, The Trenches. We have Chris Fox at Armchair Alpha joining us tonight. Chris, welcome to Patriot Sports Radio. First of all, how you doing? And second of all, tell us about what you guys are doing over there at Armchair. Well, thank you so much for uh, having me on. Uh, I love seeing you guys every week struggle through... uh, the insanity that is the trenches. Uh, I mean, you guys know the deal. 12 teams, one winner, one $5,000 prize, and no easy way to win it. Uh, fantasy football like no one has ever seen before. The rules, uh, essentially the rules change every week. We have the game breakers that come in, present new challenges, challenges that I don't think really anyone to, to my knowledge, has ever had to deal with playing fantasy football. And I say that with humility because when we created this show, even we did not expect what is happening to happen, the things that you guys are having to deal with. We, You set, you set the game breakers down and you, you have an idea of, of what will happen when that game breaker gets chosen, but to see it actually in action and see what you guys go through, it, it's it's more than we could ever hope for. It's it's anguish is what it is. You know, I was thinking today, our team that Chris and I are managing, it started out 0-2. We were like, the sky's falling. Then we picked up T. Higgins. He was the best player on our team for a while. And we clawed our way back to 2-2. Two and two. Then this week, we get zero points from T. Higgins, who we put in the lineup, and we might still win. I've run the math. Here's Here's the rules for this week. We can change uh, one player on our opponent. We have to pick a position on our opponent's team and assign 21 points. No more, no less. That player will end the game with 21 points, and then we do the same for a player of ours. So 
I've run the math. If you both pick the same player, then that player's points double. So there's a couple other X factors involved. I've run the numbers, and I think we're either going to win by 80 or lose by 40. And that's the thing is every week you don't know who's going to win until showtime. And and there's such a variation. And, and that's really one of the things that we didn't expect to see um, is just how much strategy goes into navigating these game breakers to the point of so much uncertainty regardless of how much time and effort that you have to put into it you still don't know you you put the hours in you know chris is staying up till two o'clock in the morning uh to work the waiver wire and get the pickups and and you're trying to save your fab and earn fab and there's so many factors going on you're up against a top-notch opponent because the 12 as i like to call you every one of you is a fantastic fantasy player and then you throw in these game breakers and just to see the, the process every week and, and it all culminate every Tuesday night, uh, live 645 at the armchair athletics on YouTube. Uh, we're also, we broadcast it live on Facebook and Twitter at armchair alpha. Um, and you can see it all go down live at 645. And then of course we produce the episode to drop on Friday. So you can watch it either way. Um, but. Even you guys don't know what's going to happen, and so the viewers are even more confused and enthralled. And it's just, um, it's just a great, great thing, and it's just so much better than we could have hoped. And, and we appreciate you guys being a part of it. So when we sat down with Roop and we started making these game breakers, Chris, did you know that you were going to be interrupting twelve families at <laughs> every Tuesday morning? Do you get up and, and do you get up and watch it, or you just, did you know that's how that was going to go down? I, I tell you, um, what, so, and that's not a great thing too. Roop being the co-host of the show. Roop, there it is at Mr. Football today, co-hosts on Yards After the Catch with me Tuesday nights after the trenches. Um, oh, he's good at that. He doesn't know what the game breakers are. I, I sat down and I made them and we do have a team. Um, we call them the committee of, of rules overseers and a couple of those guys are from elite fantasy games elitefantasygames.com just amazing uh different types of contests and pools and stuff to carry you through the season um no rate from those guys but they are fantastic gamers and they really have they've spent the last decade just kind of experimenting and, and looking at the system and so they were really able to look at the game breakers that I came up with and diagnose them and, and tell us what was going to work what isn't going to work how we need to tweak them so that you guys get the most out of it and I tell you I know you guys are staying up uh so late on on Tuesday nights, to, you know, because you guys are trying to win and you're trying to navigate the strategy. But the hours that we're putting in behind the scenes, <laughs> I think that was the biggest surprise is how much <laughs> we are putting in behind the scenes, staying up till three, four, five o'clock in the morning, doing the editing and and making sure that everything's lining up so that you guys get the best experience, so that the audience and the viewers get the best experience. Um, it's just it's a the toot my own horn to toot, toot. It's a thing of beauty, and it's not really my horn. It's the entire team's horn to include you guys, uh, ex, you know, taking part in this experiment of um, epic proportions that's just going to keep going and it's going to get bigger, and I'm hoping other people are going to emulate it. And I really believe that this is the start of something that – um, won't necessarily change fantasy sports forever, but it's definitely going to enhance it and 
just make it more fun for everybody who plays. Because aside from DFS, DFS, there really hasn't been much change over the last couple decades in fantasy sports. Uh, DFS came along and that's great, but, um, you know, it needs to evolve. And I think this is one of those things. And this isn't my only my idea. You know, I'm not the only person to ever come up with this idea. We have a lot of people that have contributed to this um, along the way. But uh, I just I think that's really the great thing is is to watch fantasy sports grow. Um, and hopefully this is just another way to watch it happen. I didn't like I, when they were explaining oh, the concept, I was like, oh, my gosh, that is the coolest thing. And um, this year, especially, has been so weird for football in general. Like most of the things you thought that you could bank on just in general kind of are out the door. And then to throw all these twists and turns into the mix, it's super cool. So you guys are putting in tons and tons and tons of hours and it's work, but you must be having a blast. This is so much fun. <laughs> this really is. I love, I've been playing fantasy sports for over 30 years. Um, obviously, Sheesh. more fantasy football uh, centric, but you know, you, you play long enough, you get any other things. I'm in fantasy hockey leagues and stuff as well, but um, through Elite Fantasy Games, actually.com. And uh, to put in the time and to have been playing this long, and, and like I said, kind of see the way that the game has evolved, you start entering an IDP, you start um, changing up formats and you bring in super flex and uh, expanding leagues from 10 to 12 to 16. I've seen a 32 team league this year. Uh, just all these things that people are trying to do to enhance the entertainment. And then for this team of people to include yourselves. I mean, you guys honestly as contestants have all kind of consulted on this through the interview process and through the selection process and, and, um, just to see everybody contribute to this and and always seeking the next best thing. And for us to just kind of help along with that in what little way we can. I mean, we're just humbled. And, yeah, I, we are having an absolute blast. And we just hope everyone else is, too. Oh, we are. We are. And what's what's different about this competition than best ball or DFS or anything that's come along is – you can't use your normal fantasy football brain to play this game. That's why we started out 0-2, I think. I was over here trying to just playing it like a fantasy football league, and it's not that. The night that Chris stayed up and got us, you know, a few star players and really pulled the team out of the ditch, I realized, oh, okay, this is 24 hours a day. I need to make time for this competition. This is like a – I need to think about this more like Survivor or yeah. Iron Chef than fantasy football it's so funny you bring that up week to week week to week it's it like don't get married to these players because chris yeah. fox is gonna flip over you're switching players with the fucking team you played two weeks ago and if their mom had called them four times and you have to take their running back back and give it to the guy you you're gonna play in five weeks okay yeah. great well, I mean, and, and after week one, you guys know obviously being a part of it, 31% of the league went back into the waiver pool for everybody. So we yeah. had this big draft. Uh, this big, beautiful draft was not a normal draft. You, know, you had draft a dice in there. You had opponents picking players for you. You had all these different variables going on in the draft. Um, you do all this hard work to get your team. You set your first week lineup. And after the first week's over, you lose half your team that you just – went through all that to get and this keeps happening every week this is actually the first week nobody's losing anybody um having them ripped from their uh their rosters that they spent so much time getting um and like I, that, that's what i mean it's just so much 
more than we ever could have hoped. Um, and having this amazing set of competitors and, and you said the exact word right there, it's not a league, it's a competition. And once you get into that mindset, it kind of changes things for you a little bit. And that's something that all of us had to do when we were creating the show, we had to get out of that league mindset. And then, um, the 12 as competitors have had to do the same thing over the last five weeks. I love it. I love it. Chris we love it. You love it's it. 20 weeks. Should we survive? We start cutting teams after 12 weeks, I believe. A week Bottom 12, two teams, two teams will go home. And how does that work, Chris? So it, everybody, so we have uh, 12 teams after starting in week 12, up to week 12, you guys all played each other one time. Starting in week 12, um, We'll have, uh, you know, playoff standings, seedings, and the lowest two scores will go home. And it'll go like that every, uh, every week. Two more teams will go home until eventually, uh, week 17, we'll have two teams left and they will battle it out for $5,000. And, uh, unfortunately for you guys, the game breakers do not stop just because the playoffs started. Um, oh, they just great. get more intense and, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, Everybody's going to be happy to make the playoffs until those first few game breakers come out. Imagine you're one of the last four teams and all of a sudden your two best players, like your opponent gets to pick two players from your team who don't get to put. It's going to be. Oh, did you, did you see what the game breaker was? It's going to be high <laughs> drama, Chris. 100%. It's going to be must-see TV. We hope so. Hey, are we going to win this week? Yeah, are it's, we going to win this week? It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. There's a 42 point swing each side. So, yeah. you know, you assign, you got, essentially you have, uh, you have 21 points that you do know about, but there's also 21 points you don't know about. And because your opponent picked it, um, and it could be more or less. Cause again, like you said, if you guys both pick the same spot, then the 21 rule doesn't even apply. It's just that player score gets doubled, which is great if you had Josh Allen, but uh, maybe not so great if you had Naheem Hines, for instance. So, um, we're just going to, we'll find out. 6.45 Tuesday night, the Armchair Athletics on YouTube, uh, on Facebook. Come check us out live or catch the show on the YouTube channel itself. And I when you go over there, just hit that little subscribe button if you would, so that you don't ever miss an episode with these guys right here. And we're going to get to NFL right after I bring up the charity aspect of your competition. We can't leave the subject without talking about how much good you guys are doing. Every team picked a charity. Uh, we're able to get free agent budget dollars for raising money for the charities. So that I like how the charity is part of the competition as well. That was a yeah. great idea. Yeah, we really wanted to, you know, put some good out in the world while we're doing this thing. So, yeah, we had the 12 uh, each pick a fundraiser. You guys uh, went with Operation Dino Liam, a fantastic um, cancer assistance camp, uh, doing a lot of great things for kids with terminal cancer. Uh, other folks within the 12 have picked cancer. Uh, they've picked uh, – the MDA, they've picked St. Jude's Hospital. There's um, animal charities, service animal charities. Yeah, service. Uh, a lot of autism um, charities in there. If you go to thearmchairathletics.com, uh, you can click on each person's profile page and see their fundraiser. There's a link right there. It'll take you right to it. Uh, you can donate to it or you can find that uh, on the YouTube channel as well. There, uh, 
I think it's just great because, I mean, a lot of you guys are in the hundreds. Um, I mean, we're, we're going to break thousands of dollars by the time this thing is over. And that's just amazing to do that stuff for those organizations while we're doing yep. this. That's we're going to raise a pile of money. That pile of money won't even come close to how much Aaron Rodgers got paid to go over to London and lose. Were you <laughs> surprised to see that second half collapse? What I expected was Saquon Barkley to be awesome, and he was. But I thought they could withstand that and outscore the New York Giants with Daniel Jones on a bum ankle. Yeah, I mean, the London games, typically the, the London games are usually fantasy, you know, fantasy feasts. You usually, most most of the time, especially with your uh, um, your studs, you know, you always play your studs and they usually do pretty well when they cross the pond. But um, especially this week with the Giants and the Packers, you really saw just a couple specific people um, do what you wanted them to do. Barkley being one of them, Lazard had a nice day. Uh, but on, on on the whole, you really didn't get what you were hoping for out of this game uh, fantasy-wise. A.J. Dillon, six carries on the day. Aaron Rodgers, 0 for 6 on deep balls. It looked to me like a guy who just insisted on throwing the ball when it clearly wasn't working, and the run game had been going well. That's how we got control of the game. Angela, were you enjoying that um, as a Vikings fan? <laughs> um, I don't like to see them struggle. I don't. I mean, I as good as what Rodgers is and how he normally can keep, a, keep it all together, I just felt like he was just expecting the – for everything to connect like I and he said too, you know after the game and uh, this whole time that they're just not there yet and I just feel like I'm not a Packer fan but knowing who he is and how he operates and what he expects out of everybody I just feel like as we go along here something's gonna click and then it'll all start happening because that's how he rolls that's how we've seen him roll year to year so I just feel like he's just they've been at a disadvantage to start out with compared to where he normally is starting out year to year so um I mean yeah, I'm kind of glad they lost. <laughs> I will little... not be as a Viking fan, but I know my team and I know that they like shit the bed, you know, year after year. So I'm not expecting anything from them. Um, but I, I think that they'll come around. I just I can't believe it's taking this long. Um, even little... so they do have a fresh, you know, new roster in many aspects. I'm a little worried about the locker room situation. Jair came out and said, well, I'm not too worried about this one. If we lose next week, then I'll freak out. And then Aaron Rodgers said, you know, I believe in the power of words, and I, we really shouldn't be talking about losing next week. I feel like that's not the, you know, Jaw's my guy, but we can't be saying things like that. It's like, dude, you missed, just like, went the over there and played like shit. <laughs> You missed the Skullcracker, Rogers, the pre-Iowaska yeah. <laughs> Rogers. Yeah, we need a little more, I don't know, he directs his anger at, he needs to direct the anger at the opponent a little bit more, I think. The Lions fans, from what I hear, and I, I perused the social media a little bit before we recorded, and the Lions fans are starting to have had it with Dan Campbell. This, uh, that's all me, man, we gotta be better, man. All that stuff is getting tired because it's loss after loss. Although they've scored a ton of points, they have allowed 170 points in five games. You, you can't do that. Well, I mean, 
and you can respect the coach taking responsibility for this loss or that loss, but when he's trying to take it for the whole thing, I mean, you're basically asking to get fired. And so I think the fans are like, okay, he is admitting to screwing up every single game. So why is he still here? And of course that's not the case, but that's what you have to deal with when you're the head coach. So it's not really a good idea to keep drawing attention to it when everybody already thought it was your fault in the first place. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's so true, right? He's like setting himself up for disaster. And in the end, when these kinds of things happen, like somebody's head has to end up on the platter, right? So it's either going to be an offensive yeah. coordinator, a defensive coordinator, head coach. Yeah. Like I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe he wants out of there as much as the fans want him out. It is Detroit, so maybe that's a, maybe that's what he's doing every week. Is this is his version of pleading to please get me out of here? Hard knocks might have ruined that. I mean, good luck firing one of those coordinators. We love them. They're very likable dudes. It's going to be hard to throw them under the bus when we've got all kinds of footage of them yelling at each other on the practice field. Maybe I they think got I'd a rather team. have a coach put it on himself like Dan Campbell than a coach like Cliff Kingsbury who said they need to start faster. I don't like that language, separating the, himself from the team. Getting right. rid of the royal we, saying they need to be faster. Who's Those in people. charge of they? Those people. Hey, that was the same shit at Texas Tech, bro. Was it? With Mahal, yes. Mahal throws four picks out there. Oh, he's got to be better. That's the difference. I mean, that's hey. the thing you're seeing. Is, pronouns. Yeah, the pronouns. So that's the that's the <laughs> world we live in now, right? I mean, everything's pronouns. Yeah, but it used. To, but if you if you get Sumlin or you get somebody like that, they're gonna hold. They're gonna own that responsibility. They're not just gonna go put it on the like that out in the public. That's some bullshit. And, yeah, and a bad coach. He's a bad football coach. He doesn't wear socks, first of all. <laughs> I think, uh, did they score in the first quarter, or they no. still have two zero first quarter points? Hey, that's pretty season. impressive streak, though, in the box. I mean, you know, that's it's not easy to do. I th- uh, you With Tyler much- Murray? You have to try to do that, don't you? Especially, with I, kind of, but like I, you know, I say that all the time. I said it on yards after they catch. I've said it on the social pages. I've been saying it. When people get that bag of money, they stop playing. And when Kyler Murray got that money, I said, don't draft him because you're not going to get the stats you, you would have because what's it matter to him anymore? He's getting right, paid agreed. more than half the league. He's getting paid more than – you know, eighty percent of the league just for showing up. He doesn't have to be aware. He wear. He can walk away and play baseball tomorrow. Yeah, one hundred percent. Hey, I I should listen to you guys after catch more. Do you guys get into college football? I watch Roops. Is he a big homer when it comes to Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray? Does he follow his Sooners? He does follow his Sooners. He's very big into his Sooners. Um, after he has a couple days to calm down. Uh, positive or negative he can talk much more rationally it's one of the reasons we do the show on tuesday um <laughs> especially after saturday bro That's yeah he's not happy he's already predicted uh, he predicted that game uh we do talk call we have it's a segment we call college chaos um it is root segment and he usually uh we, we talk about college football, and then it culminates with him trying to pick some upsets, um, ranked upsets out of the top 25. But uh, after the Sooners lost two weeks ago, he said they were going to get schlacked this weekend. And uh, speaking into being, he sure, sure, they sure enough did. Well, I haven't seen that in a long time. That's since John Blake. That was a rough one. It wasn't pretty. That was 98, like 91 to 98. 
Did you see that statistic, Angela, from the Badgers game against Illinois? Two rushing yards, 11 Badgers fans ejected for behavior reasons. I assume drunk, lewd, and lascivious, whatever lascivious means. Right, exactly. These are the fans that are known for ripping out bleachers and tossing them up and over the back of the stadium. So I don't think we can be terribly surprised, right? No. I'm not, I guess not. I'm less surprised by the the arrests than I am the stats. I mean, Illinois is the number one rush defense in the Big Ten, um, and it's really not that close. Illinois has a fantastic rush defense. Wisconsin's kind of been reeling ever since they lost uh, that first game to Washington State. Um, then they had to play Notre Dame. Uh, the, statistically, they're not bad. I mean, there's number six in the Big Ten rushing. They're, no, they're number three on third down conversion. The pass offense is really where you expected those numbers. They sit at number 10 out of the 14. So, yeah, my you know two rushing yards is a ridiculous stat, and it still shouldn't happen. I don't care if it is the um, top run defense in the Big Ten, but, uh, you yeah. know, I, I think it's – I find it – honestly, it's hilarious that we, we can compare the rush yards to how many arrests there were at the game. Um, I, I think that might be – that might be a weekly stat. Maybe there's a Wisconsin watch now. A Wisconsin <laughs> watch yeah. uh, so that we can compare rush yards to game game uh, Drunken arrest. game arrests. Yeah. Yeah. People set up Twitter accounts for all kinds of hey, stuff. Hey, can we get Matt Rule? Can we call him? Can Maybe. He, He's not busy number? anymore. No, we would like him up here. Yep. We'll take him. The Badgers want him. (laughs) Yep. Well, Jim Leonard's a legend up here. I don't know if they'll unseat Jim Leonard, but yeah. I can just see old Matt Rule coming home to Mrs. Rule today, and she's like, how's work? And he's like, I got to tell you, we had a meeting. And she's like, oh, no. <laughs> like I said, you got eleven million dollars left on your contract. He's got a lot of left on that contract. That's mostly guaranteed. <laughs> oh man, they're gonna have to pay him so much money to leave. He he probably wasn't even that upset about it. He probably no. wasn't that. You know, they didn't make a spectacle of it. The fans didn't want him there anymore anyway. So I just take my the, money and go somewhere. Come up here and coach for free. The players like, we knew they were playing for his job. They didn't play hard. No. You the Motley Crue song, Don't Go Away, Mad, Just Go Away. <laughs> just go away. Yep. Uh, Jimbo Fisher might be available sooner than expected. There's a group of very rich boosters who are seriously talking about buying him out. Um, if Texas A&M fires Fisher after this season, boosters would need to pony up $86 million. They're talking about actually doing it. They've had enough. The 3-2 the start out of the top 25. These things are not acceptable at A&M, especially when you paid for, you know, allegedly the most talented class ever. This is kind of fucked up, though, really quick. We, we can't get a $15 an hour minimum wage pass. <laughs> And these guys are paying $86 million for them to just go away? What are these what boosters the paying their employees? That's what I Seriously, want to know. Seriously. They all own businesses. $86 million. That's fucking crazy how America is. Right. Anyways, okay. The people at yeah, the beer stand are like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, that's a great point, Chris. If these boosters can pay this, why can't they pay everybody at the stadium more? Uh, 
everybody <laughs> everybody who works for right. it, they all own little companies that make windshield wipers and tires and trailers and all kinds of shit. Pay those people more instead of trying to buy out Jimbo Fisher to get the next God knows who. Can we just um, appreciate uh, Yahoo for one second? And I, I like Yahoo as far as fantasy goes, but um, I just noticed uh, that Yahoo has already jumped on the Matt Rule firing and made it a racist uh, topic. Oh, yeah. Steve That's got to be some mental gymnastics. Steve Wilkes steps into an unwinnable battle too many black coaches have fought. Um, You heard it here first, right? There it is, right? (laughs) Let's jump on that first. Oh. Uh, I'm just... the, the Carolina Panthers are so bad it's racist yes. to give a black coach that job. That's how bad the Carolina Panthers are. Hey. It's a universally <laughs> dick behavior to do that to someone. <laughs> Here, this is your team. You got Christian McCaffrey and I you're gonna have to figure it out from there, bud. Yeah, you saw uh, he's got Baker Mayfield is out. Heisman now. Trophy winning Baker Mayfield, number one draft pick Baker Mayfield. I haven't seen that Baker Mayfield. And Christian McCaffrey, come on, get it together. They got well, a defense. Hey, Brian Burns, they got some good players in the front seven there. There's a little to work with. I wonder if Baker might have been drafted a little high, though. You think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I well, believe the. Could the Carolina Panthers? Yes, Panthers at Rams. So I'd like it better if it was in Carolina, but could the could the injured spiraling Rams get beat by the new coach bump playing for the new guy Panthers? I don't know. I'm going to take the Panthers and the points in that game, I think. We'll have to talk to Will about that. Well, look, I'm not going to say that they'd be any better with Mayfield in there, but, of course, Mayfield not being there it is, definitely does not help the offense at all. No, I mean, what's their other choice, Sam Darnold? I don't think they got – oh, they got P.J. Walker. I saw P.J. Walker They do Walker have P.J. Walker. He did, as a matter of fact. Um, yeah, I, uh, we will be – myself and Root, we will be on uh, TSS Fantasy tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night at 9 p.m. doing the waiver wire debate, uh, and I know that – one of us will be arguing Geno Smith uh, oh. as a good waiver wire pickup. And uh, P.J. Walker Chris? actually beat his percentage this week. Uh, P.J. Walker <laughs> finished in the top three, I think, um, for passing efficiency, pass completion percentage. So, uh, yeah, maybe P.J. Walker is the next best thing. I don't know. I would not be shocked if somebody in the trenches had to pick up PJ Walker for one reason or another this week. While we're on Geno Smith, let's talk about Geno, the the fantasy QB five. Um, let's do a little Russ versus Geno comparison. Passing yards: Ba-dum-bum. Russell twelve fifty four, Geno thirteen oh five. Touchdowns: It's four for Russ, nine for Geno. He had a hell of a game at at the Saints. Uh, rushing is about the same: seventeen attempts. And 20 attempts for 70-some yards and a touchdown. Russ has three picks. Geno has two. Uh, Russ's completion percentage is higher at 77.3, but Geno's got a 75.2. And then Fantasy Russ is the QB 14. I don't know how. And Russ is the QB, or Geno is the QB 5. I think it's time to give Pete Carroll some credit. We all thought he was crazy entering the season with Geno Smith and Drew Locke. We thought it would be Drew Locke. And did we ever stop to think, 
that maybe Pete was running the ball all the time because he knew the quarterback didn't have it anymore. But no, we just kept yelling, let Russ cook. Well, he's been given run of the kitchen in Denver and the place is already condemned for health code violations in week five. So <laughs> not ideal. What did what did he know and when did he know it? Did they sell Denver a lemon? So many questions. What do you think of Russ? Uh, there's a shoulder injury now they're talking about. Is that all this is? Will we see the Russ we, we remember at some point later this year or next? Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. Because um, there's so many other variables going on there. You, you've got – and I, this is nothing against Sutton and Judy. They're, you know, fantastic talents. They do things that, you know – Plenty of people could never do, but look, uh, Sutton and Judy are not Lockett and Metcalf. And when you have the ability that Russ had last year to literally just throw the ball up and know that a receiver is going to be there to catch it, um, at, at, you see what Geno, the benefit that Geno, uh, that the payoff there that Geno's getting right now. I mean, um, the past proficiency. big plays have Six. been DK coming down with prayers. 100%. And, and that's what he does. I mean, DK Metcalf, uh, you know, Judy Sutton's at wide receiver 11 right now. Judy's wide receiver 43. He was hurt. So um, we don't really hold that against him. But Lockett's sitting at wide receiver 7 and Metcalf's sitting at wide receiver 18. And it's just because of the game plan. You, you have – you do have a healthier backfield right now, um, but the skill set and the ability. I've got Geno Smith's percentage at 75.2 on the year, whereas Russell Wilson's sitting at 59.4. That's a oh, huge. Oh, I have bad numbers for Russ. That's a huge gap. I mean, it probably depends on on what site you're looking at and stuff. Um, I'm looking at fantasy. That sounds more correct because I was like, really, Russ ain't complete shit out there. Yeah, no, I it, you <laughs> might have got a weekly stat or something that like that too. I, I definitely did that myself, so um, don't be too hard on yourself. But yeah, seventy five to fifty nine. I mean, that is a huge gap in passing efficiency and. To help Russell out a little bit, look, Russell's been sacked sixteen times. All right, I'm pretty positive that's tied for the league. Maybe Joe Burrow is is the only one with more. Uh, no, I take that oh, back. Burrow Matt, loves taking a sack. Ryan and Stafford are sitting at 21. Wentz is at 20. Burrow and Fields are at 18, and then you've got Wilson at 16. So six on the sack list. That's going to throw off your numbers. Of course, yeah. Geno's only been sacked nine times, but. Passing, Gino has nine touchdowns and only two interceptions. And I think that to me is one of the big numbers that really stand yep. out is the fact that he's only got two interceptions. I mean, um, that's putting him with guys like Herbert and Mahomes. Uh, Brady's only got one. You know, he's sitting up there with high level guys and yeah. he's playing, it's he's filling the role. It's crazy. And they came out throwing week one, first drive. He went right down the field with Will Disley, and Pete Carroll said, this is our offense. We, Yeah, we know it's Geno Smith, but guess what? We also have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett, the most unsung player this year so far. I put him in the props article again this year, this week. He's just been getting – because he hasn't gotten the touchdowns. Until this week, he got two. So now he'll be, you know, the fantasy darling. But he's been putting up 70-plus yards, seven, eight, nine, ten catches every week. 
And you haven't heard much about him because it's Seattle. I took DK off the trade block in the Dynasty League this year. I'm changing my whole perspective on this team now. Even though they, you know, they lost, but the offense is so much more than I expected. I think it's more than anybody expected. It's a welcome surprise for Seattle fans, uh, much like the Jets. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody expected the Jets to be doing what they're doing right now. And I'm not, you know, putting the Jets in the Super Bowl or anything, but it, the fact that they're winning games is more than anybody expected, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we were talking about the game yesterday. How much does that have to do with, with the injury of Bridgewater? You know, obviously the Jets are going to have a better chance to win that game, but they still, they still scored 40 points on that defense. So I don't know. Brees Hall had a day on that defense, and man, you know, it's about time he broke out. That's great to see. And I don't mean that in a, in a negative way towards Brees Hall. He's got to go through the process, but um, what a great time to to have a breakout game with Miami, uh, you know, being as hot as they were, and then now they lost two quarterbacks, and, and yeah, just to see that they're team. in the trenches is what they they're are in the they're trenches, in the real life trenches. The shit changes every minute, and they don't know which way is up. Angela, this is your first year of fantasy football. How are you liking it so far? Well, um, it's my first year in about six or seven years, and I ah. was reminded about why I don't play. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I'm not. I, I I'm having fun, but I'm also not letting it control my life. I have a hard time cheering for people who aren't my team which is so lame and weird um, but I have not been doing the best so I am looking forward to continually getting nuggets from everybody as I'm going along because I don't pay the attention to it like I should honestly so it's been fun but um, I don't know I just I'm not sure if it's, it's going to be my thing moving forward she What's drafted that? a lot of guys she likes to root for, and sometimes that works. You got to sprinkle those in. You can have some, but you can't have all. You can't Such draft a as a fan, they say. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, right. Which, and I didn't. I didn't. But it's that's one of those things. that's like hard for me to to cheer for people who aren't on my regular team. Like it's just you know, which I would. I did not. I only. I think I only have. I only have two Vikings on my team. And it's not really hasn't really served me the best. So well, lesson learned. The ones look, I've been playing get. for thirty years, and I still will not play people against my defense. I'm a Steelers fan, and uh, when other teams play the Steelers, I do not play those players. It has to be a really hot stud guy to to play against my Steelers, and that's a horrible thing to say. That's not how you win games, but it's right. definitely something that has stayed true with me for all these years. So don't I feel really so bad. Excited. I actually won. Like I won last week or, or well, not this past week, but the <coughs> week before like I'm not winning this week at all, but I won the last <laughs> week before and I was pleasantly surprised. So that's good. <laughs> well, if you can't win your fantasy league, I have another money-making venture you can do. Do um, tell. <laughs> the man who only identified himself as Kem to the media said he drove to Utica for six hours to get his money. He said, quote, I 3D printed a bunch of lower receivers and frames for different kinds of firearms, he told WKTV. And he sees the tote and says, how many firearms do you have? And I said, 110. The idea came to him after seeing some relevant Twitter posts. New York 
Attorney General's Cash for Guns program tells residents that they can trade in firearms for money, and many people on Twitter were considering doing so. This inspired Kem to use a $200 3D printer he'd gotten for Christmas to make some cold, hard cash. Boy, this is the American way, isn't it? However... Kem added that getting his money was not so easy. He had to haggle and negotiate with the attorney general's office staff. He ended up spending his whole day in this endeavor. He said, quote, and it ended with the guy and a lady from the budget office finally coming around with the 42 gift cards and counting them in front of me, said Kem, $21,000 in $500 gift cards. He said that his little experience. Huh? I said for for that whole day that he spent was kind of a pain for him, but it looks like it paid off. (laughs) Yeah, it sounded like he was complaining about spending all day. He added that his little experiment indicated these kinds of policies simply don't work. He said, I'm sure handing over 21,000 in gift cards to some punk kid after getting a bunch of plastic junk junk was a rousing success. Gun buybacks are a fantastic way of showing, number one, that your policies don't work, and number two, you're creating a perverse demand. You're causing people to show up to these events, and they don't actually reduce crime whatsoever. I have not dug into the crime statistics, but I tend to believe old Kem here. You're creating a a need for guns or a a desire to go get guns that wasn't there before. You're creating everybody to go clean out grandma's fucking attic. Yeah. And get all the fucking 22s, and then the you trade three of those in, and there's your new AR. Totally. <laughs> and now the fact that you can print your own money. Seriously. What you're it's doing. fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Which, no one should be surprised at this. I mean, they, they've been bragging about all the amazing things they can print on a 3D printer uh, for years from to metal, you know, life-saving medical equipment to microchips to, you know, you name it, you can make it on a 3D printer. So the natural progression is guns. And they've been printing guns and weapons on 3D printers for years. It's just for years. now there's a story about it uh, to bring yeah. some light to it. And so it'll be the hot new topic for uh, the next three or four days until um, – another sports player gets you, arrested. You, you get a big enough 3D printer and you can fucking print an ICB. <laughs> I mean, that's how they honestly could. Using, people who use guns are like, oh yeah, I, I'd have thought about that, right? So the people who are creating these ideas, these really awesome ideas, are the kinds of people who don't use guns <laughs> or know that that's possible. So, hello, <laughs> what are we doing? It's the yeah. Jurassic Park line, you know, you, you were so worried about if you could you never thought, stop to think if you should and yeah. that's exactly what what all these and nature amazing away. science yep. breakthroughs are There's a lot having. of prophetic shit in jurassic park that really that's is. a nice segue into our new sponsor crazy joe's print and pay are you short on cash Looking for some extra money for the holidays? Call Crazy Joe's Print and Pay. Crazy Joe's not just printing money anymore. Nothing is what it seems with Crazy Joe, but the money is green just the same. We're not keeping this all to ourselves, though. You, too, can use a state-of-the-art 3D printer to make lifelike, believable, full-scale models of Xboxes, Playstations, compact 9mm, and once we get the lenses figured out, you can print a meta-oculus. Wake up feeling dangerous? (laughs) We can print 3D crack rocks. Over 200 thousand sold. To start printing money of your own, go to ukrainepays.com and enter code CORNPOP at checkout. That's CORNPOP, all one word. Crazy Joe's is not liable for any personal repercussions or selling fake merchandise. Crazy Joe's is an equal opportunity grifter. That's crazy Joe. Whatever, we'll take his money. (laughs) Is is Giselle a witch? 
I'm starting to think her and Blue of Earth are witches. She can she can at least see the future and at most influence it. She would uh tell Tom every year if it was going to be his year to win the Super Bowl, and she was right pretty much every year. January 2015, uh, his impossibly hot wife sits down and says, you know how much I love you, which never good. Uh, she then tells him it's not going to be his year, so they go on and lose to Denver in the AFC Championship game. He asks her what 2016 looks like, and she says, yup, plan the parade, so whatever, because... That's the most dominant team, basically, we've ever seen. But wait, there's more. She also has special stones for healing and protection. Uh, she'd make him say little mantras all the time. And, of course, what NFL wife doesn't make her husband a little altar for each game. Uh, Brady thinks this is crazy, obviously, at first, until the Seahawks game, when she said, you better listen to me. There's a red flag. This is our year. <laughs> But this is all the things you're going to have to do to win. He said he did all those things and it worked. How how else do you explain that call on the goal line by Pete Carroll? A lot is starting to add up now, actually. His injury luck, the improbable run, and the impossible comeback victories. Look at this man's face since she left him. She put some kind of thinner curse on him. Blue of Earth, if you're listening with your third ear or your physical ears, first of all, great name. Second of all, I think it's pretty clear. My jokes are just a thin veil over my love for you. And uh, also, please tell me this is our year because we could all do pretty financially well if we had a Biff level information like that. Now I'm starting to think when I see Tom Brady, he's wasting away because she put a she put a curse on him, obviously. It's very possible, and you're right. I hadn't really thought put that much, you know, thought into it. But he really is looking skeletorish nowadays. Everyone's running around. He really is, Chris. It's, yeah, it's, totally. it's kind of weird. It is. It's yeah, not the Tom Brady we're used to seeing. No, she got. Well, I mean, it's the depression, right? I mean, that's what you want to think, and that's the veil to which the supernatural. Giselle works under and, and the way she's able to operate without everyone knowing exactly what's going on because it's just the stress. It's the depression. No, no, no. It is, in nope. fact, Anybody who talks forces. about manifesting, you can keep an eye on. Yeah. This is the perfect example. That and now always, she's gone. That's all. I've always just, said one thing, like, even the hot chicks, like, what's Giselle? She's hot. She's a supermodel. You should... Every hot chick, there's ten guys that are just sick of her shit. Yeah. Because why? Well, how could? Why would Giselle? Why is she getting divorced? She's a billionaire supermodel. Well, I've this read a lot of things. Married in the first place. I've read this a lot right. of things that this is like a cycle that they do this every year, and she always comes back. That that was the quote I saw. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't know if it was Esquire or People Magazine or whatever it was. That's what uh, Will was saying. Page six, and that they do this every year, and she comes back. But this one is different in the fact that she's actually gotten the lawyers this time, and so has he. And she's changed her ankle tattoo the other day, and uh, all Ooh. that. So. Uh, it may actually be the end, which is not good for Brady owners, because uh, without Giselle's voodoo magic there, he's not playing quite the same. Yeah, I was I was thinking we'd see a laser-focused kill, kill, kill Brady, throw four touchdowns. That's not what we saw. We saw possibly hexed Brady. That's what we saw. He's going to be going overseas. Let's run through these upcoming... Up, hibbity. 
let's run through these upcoming NFL international games. There we go. Nailed it. Jags versus Broncos is going to be at Wembley Stadium October 30th at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. So that's what, eight, yeah, same time as the Packer game just was. Uh, Jags making their ninth trip to the U.K. since the league be, began hosting overseas games. Uh, that will round out the three U.K. games when they face the Broncos. That'll be, uh, that's going to be a disgusting. See, we took them out for stakes when we sent them Packers Giants. Now their expectations are high. We can't be sending them Jags versus Broncos anymore. They're not going to accept that shit. They've seen a good football game. Uh, Bucks versus Seahawks at Alliance Arena, home of football club Bayern in Munich, Germany. Same time, 9.30 a.m. Eastern on NFL Network. First ever non-soccer game played in this stadium. Brady, of course, leads the NFL in passing touchdowns abroad with 10. Uh, Packers great Blake Bortles, a close second with nine touchdowns in international games. Happy retirement, Blake Bortles. Yeah, I like the excited. London games, and I like that they're taking more teams over. I, I It seems like every time they had a London game, it was the Jags versus. Um, yep. It, like you said, they've I been there nine times. The Jags there. But I've, I mean, you have heard those rumors for sure, and uh, I think Urban Meyer squashed that real quick, sending that guy over. But um, <laughs> I, I, I like that we're getting new teams. I like that uh, they have a bigger fan base, and they really do represent. You see, you know, they show the people in the stands and all wearing moly, the jerseys, and yeah, they're cheering, they're mm -hmm. having a great time. I love to, but they're it, into it. Yeah, it's the soccer mentality over there, and they have definitely applied it to the NFL. I think they're more excited than a lot of Americans are half the time. Yeah, they were singing a oh. little song, telling us to shove our fucking cheese up our ass. It was, <laughs> I respect the hell out of that. Yeah. I thought... I, is go, that where it what? ends? Or, like, is the end goal that there's some kind of international teams, and oh, that, yeah. that's yeah. part of the whole... That's the Absolutely. goal. The end goal. That's the goal. I've, How do we feel about that? I've heard, I heard on sports talk radio today, they're talking about New York is like a hub for teams and, you know, you're going to get fucked out of home games. I don't know. It didn't sound good. But I mean, is the travel harder on everybody? I mean, I know that you have to travel anyways. Is it, is it worse? Is it not good? It's definitely a much longer ride. And then. So does the quality of play suffer then? I mean, I just New York to London seven it. hours. I just don't see for the way they travel. They're not traveling like we travel. Yeah. How many carbon dioxide footprints is that? Yeah. What kind of footprint are we <laughs> doing here? Let's I just keep see the protest here. coming. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, I Eric, do you have protest today? Yeah, we got a protester. Good. <laughs> I think I know which one it is. And then we started talking football, and I got swept up in the football, so now I'm skipping around, but we're going to do the protester. Absolutely. I thought I would hate the London NFL game. I was always happy the Packers never went. But then I got up, and I watched a game at 8.30 until 11.30. So cool. And then it rolled right into the noon games. And when the noon games were in the early third quarter, my brain was like, these games are almost over. Oh, man. But then I looked at the clock. I'm like, no. It's not. It's like a time trap. The sandwich is so much bigger today. <laughs> it was glorious. Football all day. It's yeah, fantastic. I looked at the early. And it was like 1.30 p.m. And I'm like, I have 
like nine more hours of football. This is glorious. So when I I'm lived in Hawaii, um, that's how it is. You wake up in the morning, and the first games start about nine o'clock. So when you have London games, it's you know six a.m. and you can literally watch from six and six a.m. until six at night. And then when you're when football's over, you still have time to do things with your day. You know, it's six at night. You probably you might be eating dinner, getting ready to eat dinner. You can still go cut the yard. You can still go hang out with your friends. You can still do things uh, after football's over. West Coast a lot like that as well. I'd just like to be able to watch the whole Sunday night game. I got to go to bed like early third quarter. The last international game, 49ers and Cardinals in Estadio Azteca, Mexico City, Mexico at 8.15 Eastern on ESPN on November 21st. Cardinals 49ers, a game could play a significant role in determining the final standings. Yeah, this is late November. This is going to be a good... Well, no, it's the Cardinals. Never mind. They'll be out of it by then. Yeah, they'll be done by then. Uh, But it's (laughs) nice to see it in Mexico. I don't think it's the same mentality. I think that's more people that are just kind of happy to be there. Um, I think they understand the game. I I just don't think they care. I think they're just happy to be in a stadium and watch football and, and drink cervezas and stuff like that. They're just... have they They're more of that party mentality. I think the Londoners actually our fans and I think the folks in Mexico are just there for the party. And I, and that's not a negative thing. I that's, uh, don't take that the wrong way. I, I think that's a great thing because they're definitely having fun and they're definitely putting a positive face on NFL football. I think it's a great place to have football shown for some of these games. We sent them a party last time with the Rams and the chiefs. I think that's what they thought they were doing here. They didn't realize that Matt Stafford's arm would be falling off and Kyler Murray would forget how to play football. Boy, did you see Zach Ertz's face when he airmailed that ball into the sideline? He's like, what are we doing? Zach Ertz got more open than he's gotten since 2017, and he missed him by 20 yards. It was wild. Zach's missing Jalen Hurts right now. (laughs) Yeah. Now. Chris, as you said, yes, we did have another protester. I'm sure you all saw by now the big gender reveal at the Rams 49ers game. I don't know if that's what that was, but that's what I think it was. Uh, that dude ate his smoke grenade for a second there, too, when Bobby Wagner, hero for us all, laid him out. All sensible people praised Wagner for making a big play. He said, that's not making a play. That's just keeping it safe. You don't know what that fan got. Or what they're doing. You see it all the time, and we don't know what they're carrying in their pockets. It's whatever that little smoke stuff is, but that shit could be dangerous. Wagner said on Monday to ESPN, uh, one of the guys on the other side, it looked like he got hurt, and security looked like he was struggling, so I was frustrated I took it out on him. Yeah, it did look like the security guard blew an ACL, uh, one of the guys trying to chase down our smoke grenade guy. So, <laughs> of course... He's filing charges against Bobby Wagner, the evening's hero, because America is the land where nothing is your fault. Sean McVay told the media, we all know where Bobby's intentions were, and I support Bobby Wagner. Despite that, douchebags will be douchebags. I mean, what do you think, a guy who streaks across an NFL field with an incendiary device is a logical person? No. He feels that he is the victim here of a brutal assault. Uh, TMZ reported two protesters jumped a railing at the stadium during the second quarter of the contest and armed with pink smoke bombs, they attempted to disrupt the action on the field. One of the protesters, a woman, was taken down before she could get onto the playing surface. The other protester evaded Just security. Just like a woman. <laughs> <laughs> yep. She 
Tracy, you fucking blew it. Uh, then right after this, he went to the Santa Clara Police Department. Uh, no, he went on Tuesday morning following the game. Cops tell us and filed a report. Uh, sports spokesperson did not reveal any further details, but it was a report of blatant assault. Come on. I'm telling you, when you buy a ticket, he had to have bought a ticket to get in, right? Yeah, when tells you. Buy you. a ticket. There needs to be a disclaimer that if you act the fool, you might get tased, bro. And wise man once said, "Start tasing works. these people." <laughs> that's the end of that. <laughs> disclaimer. A lot of I don't know. A lot of these protest antics may be connected to one organization. Both activists were wearing uh, RightToRescue.com shirts and were cited for the incident. The organization they're with is called Direct Action Everywhere. The slogan on the website is, Until Every Animal is Free. It is a global network of activists working to achieve revolutionary social and political change for animals in one generation. Um, I can just say something. If you're the jet fuel guy who is at the tennis thing and you're lighting yourself on fire because of, you know jet fuel problems specifically and you're an animal shouldn't you be at the zoo shouldn't you be at the airport like can we make it pertinent at least i know it's a big audience but come on people but that's the thing is it a big audience because if you don't public, like sports fans aren't reading this you know what i mean no. like we're hearing this on patriot sports radio because this is a show for america we encompass yeah. you know you guys encompass all of it and everything that's going on but the typical sports show is not Given you any uh, fame on this, ESPN's not really going to talk about what organization uh, you play for. And most uh, sports fans, the drunk ones are like, yeah, man, way to go. That was a nice hit, Wagner, whatever. And everybody else is like, quit screwing up the fucking game, you know? So, uh, done nothing for your cause. Yeah. And we're yeah. legit making fun of you, just so you know. 100%. We're fucking making fun of you. You guys are asshole dick nuts. <laughs> yeah. Especially the ones in London that decided to dump all the milk out this morning. Walked into a store and just dumped all their milk out to oh, save that the cows. Helps. Like, fuck you. That helps. You Good know those, those fucking great the, the three fucking people working in the back are getting the mops ready going, yeah. these fucking assholes. You know, maybe the, yeah, maybe the trenches... Four cows. Maybe the trenches I, I has it all wrong. We got the twelve contestants with their own fundraisers trying to uh, do a little good in the world. Maybe uh, we're just supposed to light something on fire and uh, could be throw things at people. I don't know. <laughs> we'll end with this one. God, it's been fifty-seven minutes. It's a lot of fun hanging out with you, Chris. The time flies. Um, this one is. I, if this was a prank, uh, they got me and a lot of other people, too. The Blue Jays versus Red Sox came in Toronto last week. A guy in the stands tells his girl he loves her, gets down on one knee, and decides he's going the public pressure route, which I would never <laughs> recommend to anyone. Um, that's not enough, though. Putting this girl on the spot, that's not wacky enough. He pulls out a fucking ring pop, like a candy ring. Very pretty girl. She's got options in this world, and she knows it. Upon seeing the Fakakta confectionery, she slapped him in his big, stupid face and said, quote, what the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, and then she threw her drink on him. While the details as to whether the proposal was genuine or a prank have yet to be uncovered, social media users were quick to point out an important feature of the video. It is believed the man had the intention of proposing with the real ring after the initial joke and surprise of the ring pop, given he had what appears to be another smaller box in his left pocket. 
The proposal video divided viewers on social media. Some people say it's real. Some people say it's fake. If that's the case, he was just trying to have a quick laugh. And then, I mean, A, if you're going to marry that girl, you got to read the room better. You got to know that this is at least a 65% chance she does this. So you can't do it. How well do you know your girl, dude? Yeah, I think... (laughs) I think that was that was the test right there, and he failed. He doesn't know her well enough. She does not think this is funny. Right. That, that's that's it. It's all in the details. I mean, if you didn't know, if you honestly, if you didn't know that was going to happen before you got down on one knee, you probably just dodged a bullet because it's a good thing she didn't say yes. It would not have yeah, been yeah, right. yeah, yeah. No, that's right. It, you can it worked Uber out both home and block that number and be done. Yeah. If, if it wasn't real, she deserves an award because that was the best acting I've ever seen because she was it is. Yeah, I, oh. it, she, pissed is one of the things that people have a hard time faking. And right. she, looked, she looked angry. And look, don't angry. cry for this guy because number one, he just monetized overnight uh, with his <laughs> TikTok video. Uh, number two, there are about... Uh, 10,000 women across the United States right now that want to marry this dude just for doing that. Um, <laughs> talk about options. This guy now has options and uh, she, it's a just, she just uh, pretty much cleared up her dating calendar for a few months because guys are not going to uh, give that wow. a chance after that reaction. So I, I definitely I give all the wins to him on this one and all it cost him was a public slap in the face. James He's probably going to make right. money. Yeah, he's going to make money and uh, get a lot of tail. <laughs> Good for them. All right. I can't think of a better way to wrap this show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We truly do appreciate it. Thank you, Chris, for joining us. Chris, give us your social media for you and uh, Armchair so the good people can follow you and subscribe. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Check out The Trenches and The Twelve. Compete for $5,000 all season long. You can find us on YouTube at The Armchair Athletics, the explanation point. You can find us on Facebook the same way. You can contact us on Twitter at armchair alpha we love to have you hope come check it out because you've never seen fantasy sports like like this and uh to, to listen to this show you've never heard a show like this before i think the trench is going to be right up your alley plus the hosts are part of the 12 and they might be winning the five thousand dollars thank you so much again for having me on guys Absolutely. You'll be back. He's a recurring guest. I can tell already. Uh, we encourage you to tell your friends about the Patriot Sports Radio. Share the show on social media. Maybe send us a five-star review. Huh? Make sure you set your alarms for the Football Super Podcast on Saturday mornings at 7.30. And then we're right back on Sunday mornings at 7.30 for Wake and Rake, the only podcast with the audacity to go live at 7.30 in the morning because we know once you wake up on Sunday, there's only one thing to discuss, and that's football. So join us there. Didn't go on this week. I couldn't figure out how to do it. And Heather lost because of it. She started Devin Singletary in place of Alvin Kamara, and I feel personally responsible for that. So we're sorry, Heather. We'll watch the tape. We'll clean it up. We'll be better next time. Head over to PatriotSportsNow.com, the greatest website of all time. We have new podcasts over there, articles coming out. The prop article went 15-1 to this week. No big deal. There's a forum on the website. We can talk about all things sports or sports adjacent. So much cool stuff. And more on the way. All right. We're out of here. It's time to watch some football. Until next time, be good to each other. Chris, kick the outro music. Mm 
You've been listening to Patriot Sports Radio. If you're sick of all the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media, like we are, this show is for you. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. For more content and merch, hit up www.patriotsportsnow.com. Find us on Twitter at Patriots Pod, on Instagram and Facebook at Patriots Sports Now, and on Getter, Rumble, and YouTube at Patriots Sports. Take care, and we'll see you next time.